Raisin Man Arena. Do, 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 do. Welcome. Wednesday, uh, November 17th, 8.10 p.m. a.m. 8.10 a.m. We usually start at 8, but today we're starting at 8.10 a.m. Originally, we said we would do the podcast at my house. Well, no, that's, uh, th- no. In the morning. Well, we, and we also said it would start at 8. At my house, so we're actually late for not. It's it's hard for me to make this podcast, and I sleep in this apartment. Mm -hmm. I live, I sleep ten feet away. Mm -hmm. That's hard. It is hard. No idea how early. Last time, Felipe had to wake me up. It's true, and he's and Sam gave me a whole. Would you turn that light off? Sam gave me a whole lot of lip because I said so. Two weeks, maybe we talked about this already. Two weeks ago, Sam's asleep. Knock on his door. Hey, Sam, I don't want you to oversleep. And Sam spent the rest of the day laughing, laughing, laughing. Ha, 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 Felipe. How naive yeah. that I would oversleep, that you would have to knock on my door. Cut to not one week later, eight, the 7.50, 7 7.55. 7 I can't predict what's going to happen. Sam is not awake. And I let him sleep because I thought, well, Sam's got, he's got this. I knock on the door. Oh, shit. I overslept. Um. The the devil made me with a little evil in me. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta have the salty to taste the sweet. Um, welcome to Reza Menorina. I'm Good Felipe. Good morning. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Old Odojo. Oh. That's Felipe. <laughs> I'm Felipe. That's Sarah. I'm Sam. And we're raising Manorina. Welcome to first time chatter, Gooby420. Oh, Gooby uh, is Argentinian. Gooby. I've been on his podcast. Oh, nice. Oh, welcome, yeah. Gooby. Hola. Hola. Hola, <laughs> Gooby. And a big hola to Gooby. <laughs> and, and Mariah Oconde is on the, uh, on the chat as well. Good morning, Mo. <coughs> I hope you're having your coffee and eating a big strudel. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hmm. The famous Baltimore strudel. Mm-hmm. So, Sarah, why were you late? What did you get? I got four donuts for my friend, plus one for Will, just in case. Um, nice. I knew one which, of I, which awesome. I will eat. <laughs> but did you give me a healthy donut? No. I knew that Flipper probably would need a donut. So I actually got four thinking that Will and Lena would both be here. But where are they? They're in their room? Will has will, left. Will left, yeah. And Lena w- was never here. Where did Will go? To work? I guess he went to work, yeah. Oh, that reminds me. That I was going to say this about Sam. What's crazy that he sleeps in is that... Um, he used to wake up at like four or five in the morning when he had a job, and now he's unemployed, <laughs> and he just acts like a lazy slug. <laughs> That's well, what happens in America. That's why people can't be unemployed. Well, I, I have I have some secret intel, which is that Sam has been up since five in the morning today. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, I woke he didn't up. want to miss it. Yeah, he was so excited, <laughs> so and he kept knocking at my door. Felipe, Felipe, when's raising man? <laughs> my and my rump was so bruised from last week's verbal thrashing That's that Felipe gave me. <laughs> uh, Sam was like, I'm not gonna. Let let Felipe wake me up again. I'll be up before he even that is. Yeah. So that's why were you up at five? Uh, that's what just when I woke up. Yeah, you just hear him kind of walking around, turning on lights, turning off lights. <laughs> were, were you? Did you have your little sound thing on, or was that the sound of the heater? Uh, I had morning. my sound thing on because I did. You heard me because I heard you. It's okay. Don't. I mean, don't take it personally. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't mad or anything. No, it's okay. Every but time. you did have to drown him out completely. I did have to. I did have to put white noise on. <laughs> every, every time I have like a person over and we sleep together, and then I like walk out of my room to go to the bathroom, I walk by Felipe's room and I just hear like, 
<laughs> he has like the sound machine yeah. on it the full and it's right volume. next to my ear and i have earplugs in and i'm crying is that new yeah, no. i've never heard you doing that no i do it when i do it when when noise when there's noise in the apartment and felipe, ha- discriminating. And yeah. felipe has a mosquito net so it's very strange in his room <laughs> I, I just i'm such a light sleeper like i mean i i heard you like at five i mean again no don't take this personally i heard you at five i was basically awake since wow. five as well. I maybe take it personally, but yeah. you woke Felipe up at yeah. five. Wow. But it's okay. I feel in a good mood. It's just that if I wake up a little bit, I can't. Dude, that's crazy. You got to just tell yourself in those moments, like, dude, it's okay. Go back to sleep. Don't be scared. I know, but I get scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared. I want to come into your bedroom and see the mosquito net over you, and it's like it's like a little princess, wow. like the lady dowager, yeah. you know, sleeping in her. Yeah, like a sort of like a sultan. Yes, or a sultan. Yeah, like a yeah. Or be the in the global south. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Real quick, I want to. Can you guys hear Sarah? Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Well, Scott's gonna take a minute to get back, but okay, I was cool. just worried that the sound's coming in a little quiet on my headphones, so I wasn't sure. So the big news is it's almost Thanksgiving. And thank, and Black Friday's right around the corner. And we're so. giving away a free turkey to five <laughs> listeners. Five of the first callers. You can, if you yeah. can guess our phone numbers. And then you can answer a riddle. <laughs> yeah. A free butterball butterball turkey. So Sarah, you're oh she's Oh she's gone. She's, she's rogue. Gotta go in the donut bag. Ooh, can you pass me one of those? Wait, I'm gonna move the camera a little bit too chocolate? so I get a little more salmon there. You got your own camera. Oh. Wow. Oh my goodness. And if you have and if you have a donut at home or a strudel or some sort of pastry, eat it now. It's like uh like in 4D, like when you're at the movies and they tell you to scratch that little ticket so you can smell with you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? The scratch and smell. If you eat it's like you're eating with Sam. It's like you're mm-hmm. tasting the donut he's eating. And that's the kind of next level sensorial podcasting and twitch. That's why we decided to start doing it in the morning. That's right. So do the 4D morning experience. Yeah, my dream was like, oh, people with their little coffee and they have us in their ear just delivering the day. they're on the treadmill. You got to get off the treadmill, get, walk out of the gym, go to a Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> grab yourself that the half dozen chocolate glaze, and then come back and start eating them while you're on the treadmill. Yeah, and give tell them the promotional code. Um, yeah, raisin man. Yeah, ra- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Promo code raisin. And if you just say that verbally, um, I'm hearing that I come in a little quiet, and I know that I was late, but that doesn't mean that I should have to be. Well, that's the punishment, Sarah. Out. That's the punishment. Can you? Don't exist. Can you? <laughs> wait, let me see what you guys. Hello, vamp. Hello, I'm gonna figure hello. this out. I will vamp. Were you gonna ask me a question about Black Friday sales? There it is. I think people should be buying for mm-hmm. the top gifts of the season. Mm-hmm. Now, I walked by the uh, Bryant Park Christmas Market the other day, and uh, I was flipping out. They got such good gifts this year. Uh Uh-huh. Christmas Market. Okay. Well, now you're bringing up something that pisses me off, which is that it's not even Thanksgiving yet. I was just Thanksgiving doesn't matter. No, no, no. no. And they're already moving to Christmas. And this Mm -hmm. was something that pissed my dad off. And it's one of the things... I inherited. You know how the body keeps the score. Mm, the he, intergenerational trauma. Exactly. He yeah. he he has now made me mad at it, which is that you cannot put up Christmas decorations, even utter a word about the jolly holiday until Thanksgiving is over, because Thanksgiving is its own proper holiday. I think. Hmm. Yeah, but there's no gifts. Doesn't matter. 
you always think people who think that like must really love Christmas and they're just um doing that thing. What do you call it when you put off coming so that when you do come, it's <laughs> they're edging. Yeah, edging. They're edging. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> oh, my dad loved Christmas. Yeah, that's he, what I thought. And he was also always adamant that there are twelve days of Christmas, so you got to cel- celebrate all twelve. When do they start? They start on the twenty fifth. And, and go then through they January sixth. They go through January sixth. Do you do yeah. the three kings? We do the three kings every day. Every day. <laughs> every day for twelve days. <laughs> The three kings in Argentina, you know, that was always like, because we celebrated it. And it was always like, you got Christmas, and then you got a little extra thing right after. Yeah. With the three kings. What do you do on three kings? You go trick-or-treating? Um, no, you leave out your shoes outside of your door, and you put hay in them so that their camels can eat, because the camels come into your, um, your Buenos Aires <laughs> apartment. And they leave, like, a sort of second-rate gift. In my case, Harry Potter, the Harry Potter book. <laughs> you know, you don't get a toy. Like, toys... Big toys and like RV cars; those are for Christmas. And then Three Kings, Frankincense, myrrh. It's a little, yeah, yeah a little a, a, st- a stick and a hoop. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like hit the hoop down the street. Exactly, mm-hmm. something like that. But um, we celebrated it. We celebrated the twelve days of Christmas by eating apricot cookies and eggnog pretty much every day for twelve <laughs> days. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. It's getting huge. By the way, when you're not talking, make sure not to. Cause I can what? hear your I can hear your breathing really loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it sounds really loud. My dad would make eggnog with like a lot of whiskey in it, and then he would, and then the next day he'd be like, "This is great with coffee," huh. <laughs> and then he'd, he'd wow he'd put it in coffee, and, and as a, as like a teenager, I'd be like, "Yeah, this is what adults do. Yeah, this is fine. You just have a bunch of whiskey <laughs> and cream in your coffee in the it's morning." Adults are allowed to be drunk whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's true. Exactly. So I drink it, and it would taste nasty, and I'd be like, "Yeah, this rocks." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, I feel like once it's Christmas time, you know, you go back home. No rules. No rules. No, yeah. you know, you don't have to work. It's snowy out. You can have a drink in the morning. All bets are off. Yeah. You know what I I heard once and it stuck with me. They say that your drinking habits are determined by like the time that you're two years old, having seen how much your parents drink. Two years really? old. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Well, how? Do, what yeah. if they? What if they drink out of? One. What if they only drink clear liquor out of a cup that looks like water? Then you won't. Then you don't, don't think they're you drinking. You don't drink things. They can. Yeah. You can. They can smell it on your breath. Yeah. What if you they know? make sure Children not are to get near able you. to take in all kinds of data? Yeah. <laughs> they pick up on social cues you wouldn't even imagine. What if what yeah. if what if you okay, you put vodka in a clear cup in front of your two year old, so so far and you and you pour it out of a, a carafe of water, so so far it looks like water. You drink it really smoothly as if it was water, so you just chug it, glug glug glug, don't make a face. No faces. And then before you kiss your baby, you swirl them out a bunch of mouthwash. And you brush your teeth. And you brush your teeth. And you wait like a, a little while before you. T- or you put it in. You put it in. There's three cups in front of the two-year-old, and one's filled with vodka. <laughs> the other two are filled with water, and you shuffle the and cups you shuffle, around. Yeah, like <laughs> which one? Which one? <laughs> fast hands. Fast hands. And the two-year-old's like, this is gonna affect me when I'm a teenager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the two-year-old grows up to be an alcoholic magician. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what if that is the case, Sarah? Um, then, uh, I don't know. I think that that's probably the way to go. Honestly, <laughs> I've, I've stopped drinking the last few weeks and it's changed my life. 
Really? The amount of energy that I have is crazy. Wow. I, I also have a friend who told me that they hadn't drank for the first time in like a long time. And I thought... Luke, right? No, I won't oh. say who the friend was, but... Say it. No one you know. No one anyone Come knows. On, no, say name no one anyone knows. Say it. A friend from a different country. <laughs> so you, from a different even country. if I told it you, doesn't their, matter. Tomas. Even if I told you their name, you wouldn't even understand. Tomas. It. No, <laughs> that's no. Thomas from another country. <laughs> no, different continent. Is it Josh? No. Your boyfriend, Josh. No. <laughs> Stop it. I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> Um, would be we're gonna edit out my laugh at that joke, <laughs> <laughs> and, and put in Sarah going, "No, no, 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 no." But we're gonna put in Sarah crying. <laughs> um, but I thought, I don't know, I don't drink very much, so for me, I'm like, I don't know. I guess I just don't know what it's like to be drinking a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's a stupid flex. Well, who cares? No, who cares? what's that's my funny. point? What point? That's am I funny to that make? you think that's a flex. That reminds me of the other weekend when I got too drunk, and you were like, "I don't understand. Don't you, as you're drinking, keep track of the number of drinks you're having and know the number at which you need to stop?" And I was like, oh, "That is no. the squarest fucking thing. <laughs> Obviously not." <laughs> I just and now you think that's a flex? Not a flex. It's absolutely a flex. <laughs> not cool. I'm healthy. I mean, it's it's not even that I'm like keeping track like that hard it's just that i get a headache after after one white cloth <laughs> <laughs> so it's not pleasurable and you start making out with your hand yeah. in the corner yeah. <laughs> do you guys do this thing the 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 bar thanksgiving bar like the night before thanksgiving you go you out take to the a bar. bar exam on <laughs> yeah. thanksgiving and you go you go and like hang out with all your friends from high school at a bar and you like hook up with people from high school i haven't done that but that sounds kind of cool i know that that's done in in the silver spring area but no i don't do that either i only knew about that because of like snl sketches really yeah what happened to all your friends from high school they don't want to see you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess not what snl sketches belushi era feral era (laughs) christian wig era they all they had them. It's like a thing I knew from media. But then people were like, "I was hanging out with someone and someone Felipe's European friend, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and, and they were like, uh, are you going to go do the Thanksgiving like bar thing? Are, are you, you going s- to the bar? Are you going <laughs> to the bar for Thanksgiving?'" <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, I don't really do that." That's crazy because even I didn't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. So how would my European friend know about that? And it's your job to know about American things because That's you've been true. so doggedly trying to assimilate for the Oh, uh, yeah. You have to get naturalized yeah. and yeah. not want to stay here. It's <laughs> one of the questions on the citizenship test. Yeah. Anyways, that, when I'm going no. home, I'm not, it's not hook, I'm not in hookup mindset. I'm mm. in family mindset, mm. which is good. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to hook up at home too. No, I don't do that. Uh, I one, all my high school friends are still in my daily life, and two, uh, as we've talked about before, I have no interest in going to like a high school reunion. Like, I really wouldn't want ever to go. Really? Yeah. You're like Will. Yes, Why I don't because the, the past is an illusion, and and it's not something that I need to, you know, try to return to. Because simply because it's an illusion. Simply because it's an illusion. You don't want to go. I'm concerned with the tangible. It's not the answer to the question I'm asking. You know. Mm. Yeah. 
you don't want it. There's nothing in it for you to like go and you see your, an old high school pal. You give them a nookie just like you did when you were, <laughs> you were in high school. I think it would make me sad, honestly. <laughs> I just don't want to see everyone all aged and like not living their dreams. And then if someone is living their dream, I don't want to be jealous. That's even sadder. <laughs> yeah. even and, sadder. You and you don't like the idea of going and just flexing how hard you're living your dream no doing comedy no. in brooklyn they can look on having a, a massive listenership podcast yeah 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 working on spirituality <laughs> podcast yeah, there's nothing in that for me <laughs> yeah you can, you can just you you have the little maria condit um interview on dvds and you're like oh, i'll just leave a couple here on the table as why a fl- as a flex why maria would that Con? be because it's like you're you living your dream you know what i mean would be having Marie Kondo. No, 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 no. What was the woman? Of the name of the woman who you interviewed? Far, oh, sorry. Cecilia Condit. Cecilia, Cecilia Condit. 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 Canceled. Hmm. Canceled. <laughs> Canceled. Yeah. Cecilia Condit. You leave well, the interview to show people. Look, I'm doing weird stuff for eternal family. Yeah, that you don't understand. That you don't get. Yeah. Maybe well. your kids will understand. <laughs> An artist yeah. that you've never seen. I'm excited. I kind of want to go to a. I kind of want to go to a reunion. I don't know what that says about me. In fact. Will has been generally kind of anti-reunion. At least he was anti-five-year reunion, and I was really pro. But we didn't. I didn't end up going for some reason. But it's funny because Will remembers the names of everybody that we went to high school with, and I don't remember the names of anybody we went to high mm, school with. Yeah. So I don't know what this says about you, but something bad. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go, and but you don't remember. People. But he doesn't even remember. Do I don't even know who I'll see there. He just wants to flex. On you're gonna do. You're gonna do really badly. <laughs> you shouldn't. I'm gonna tell you right now. You should not go. I, no, I want him to go. I want him to go. Go. No, go. Go. You want to go? Go. Have a rude go. awakening. I think go. I'm gonna. Come yeah. be heralded as a king. Instead, <laughs> I'm going to just be awkwardly. <laughs> yeah, you should go. Offending everyone and looking like an asshole. Yeah. You're like glad handing everybody. Great <laughs> <laughs> to see you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a union boss. What if, what if, you know, that whole thing about the the person who's so nervous about the reunion that they like, f- you know, fabricate a life that they're not really living? So that they can impress everyone because there's the one person that they don't want to see. They don't want that person to see them having failed. What if you like got a fake wife and like a fake job and like a weird haircut, but it was just your five year reunion? Yeah, Sam, what if? Um, That would be a lot like of work. You're 24. Yeah, yeah. You get a fake wife yeah, with yeah. a huge beehive haircut. Right, right, right. Oh, okay. And you wear a suit, mm-hmm. and you slick back your hair. Mm-hmm. And you have a bunch of kids. You hire a bunch of little kids. <laughs> you and bring a, dog. a bunch of kids, <laughs> and you're just like 24. And you have all these props that no one else, no one else has brought anything with them, and you have a bunch of props that you bought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like balloons to make balloon animals and stuff like no, that. Just like things from your lives, like you know, like that convey a middle class, happy middle class nineteen fifties lifestyle. A lawnmower, like a a, a John Deere sort of like tractor lawnmower. Uh, a, a John Deere leaf blower. A John Deere leaf blower. Um, a John Deere uh, electric saw. That's right. Motor saw. That's right. A bunch of tennis rackets. Um, yeah, I think we kind of picked the meat off of that. Yeah, we got a good bit there. That could be on (laughs) SNL or it could be on your... Gooby's in it too. Gooby says, but you're actually homeless. Ah, that's right. Photoshop pictures of your vacation in Thailand with all your kids. Wow, look at, look at the way this, I look beautiful the way the sun is hitting me. It does. You do look nice. 
Damn. What about us, Sarah? More look on the <laughs> ugly couch. <laughs> 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 Little ugly ducklings Damn. on the couch. Fuck. Fuck. Let's see the comments. Uh, I'm gonna go get some coffee. Okay. There's some in the uh, in my coffee maker. Watch out for the cables, by the way. You, if you could see it, there's a mess of cables. You know, you one wrong move, one wrong move, and all of our tech falls. All right, what's up? How Sleep are you feeling? Bit. I feel I gotta drink this coffee. I, had, I don't even. I'll ask my question. Um, <laughs> no, definitely not. What? A nice cube? Yes, a nice cube. Why, it's too hot? Yes, it's too hot. You made it too hot. Oh. <laughs> now I can't even drink it. I, I, you know, because you don't want it to be too cold. A, a lukewarm coffee, that's death. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Where are you on um, every other week? Felipe has either um, hacked stand-up comedy or lost it. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you? Where are you this week? Um, you hacked it, right? I was. I had been hacking it. Yeah. Um, where am I now? Yeah, I think I hacked it. I'm ready it's for my hack. half Done. hour. Wow. What did you? What's the essential formula? It's being surprising. Just be talking super fast <laughs> and having like a million bits that I have to get through and pretending like I don't have enough time <laughs> and doing a bit. And as soon as it doesn't get a laugh, going okay, that doesn't work. Move on. And then I'm just like at a frenetic really? pace. And at last time I went, yeah. I was screaming. I was really like on one. Wow. But I did really well at Ladies Who Rant. I mean, you know, that's an easy mic to kill at, but but not everybody does. Not everybody not does. Everybody does. And so. I and I think I did pretty well. Now it's just as long as there's one guy at the mic who bombs, everybody eats. Everybody gets to go home feeling good yeah you're right you gotta have that one guy though because if everybody does well meaningless back to zero everybody's nothing exactly Just yeah a bunch the, of friends hanging out the bar is set too low but you yeah. need that one loser you feel like okay it was possible to totally fit with this yeah <laughs> <laughs> there was a way to lose the crowd yeah um <laughs> yeah i mean you know i'm still on my grind i still you know what i really do wonder is like I mean, we talk about this so often. I, I'm almost like, is this even interesting? Well, but let's hear it and I'll decide. Yeah, it's like I still do. You know, I'm like, I want to get booked. I, I don't want to just go to mics. I want someone to invite oh, yeah. me. Yeah, Felipe but, wants to get booked. But I think, you know, maybe I'm just kind of an open mic guy because the stuff I do is very much about open mics. All my jokes are kind of about the context <laughs> no, of the open mic. No. Yeah. I don't want you to be an open mic guy. This is my friend's an open mic guy. <laughs> it's just all my... Like, wait, was it you that was saying, like, at the open mic... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, do you want to say what you said? Yeah. Because it, it really struck me, and I was like, maybe that's going to be me. <sighs> yeah, what was it? It said, at the open mic, people only laugh at stuff that feels, like, unprepared, in the room, made up, kind of crazy, like, on the spot uh yeah improvised and then at a real show audiences only want to see things that are like super tight and honed and they laugh at like sets that are like ready and the jokes are polished and like all yeah. this shit so when you try to take your like uh, open mic fire and do that on a show people are like that guy needs to practice more and it's like no no <laughs> this is what's fun for people who watch this shit all the time totally that's the only thing that can make you laugh it's like you're too hardened well that's what it is at an open mic you see one million comedians struggle and so your job is to wake people up from their boredom yeah but and you watch people just like churning out these like one-line jokes and punchlines and like high premise not even high premise but 
I don't know, just like kind of formulaic, like written jokes. And so for someone to get up there and just like fuck around honestly in the room and be real in the room, it's beautiful. It's true. But then at a show, people have come to see stand up. They're not seeing that many. Yeah. And they want to be wowed with like craft. Yeah. They're not. They want to see what they see on television, I feel like. Yeah. They don't have that exhaustion of like, I've just watched 20 people try to tell one, you know, like. A unique insight about Starbucks. Yeah. In three minutes. So, but when you're, so that's what I, that's what I think. That's what Felipe thinks. Yeah, and I always do jokes where I'm like, oh, can I get more time? You know, that's the kind of joke I do. Can I get more time at the mic? Yeah. And that's very much about the context. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, How about, huh? Um, no, no, no input here. I when, don't even know, I don't even know about mics anymore. When are uh, you doing your split bill with uh, Carol? December 2nd. Be there. It's gonna be a really good show. It I've is gonna be a really good show. Writing the show, it's making me laugh. You're writing your you're writing your set. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's new though, because my my sense was that you kind of write day of. Am I wrong about this? No, I don't write it the day of. Okay. I've practiced it the day of okay. pretty intensively, but that's your sense of Sarah. Yeah, because my sense of her is that she writes it four or five years, <laughs> and it takes her she, takes her that long exactly. to cook a bit. Exactly. I have this <laughs> this thing that I feel like you once said to me, where bef- the day of the show, you just sort of walk around your neighborhood and you talk it out oh i a lot of, what i do is a lot of times i'll write in advance of a show where i have like an eight minute set i'll write like 30 minutes of jokes and then on the day of i'm kind of like okay what do i actually feel like that's a flex you write a half hour and i'll write yeah and it's not like it's not like street yeah but i write all this shit and it's just like i don't know all the threads like string out together and connect to something else and it's like maybe i should do this little like um thing i want to say and it, it's definitely not like wall-to-wall funny <laughs> shit and i'm like oh what of all these like amazing jokes should i do but i overwrite for everything and then i start preparing like 30 minutes and then by the time it's like time for the show i'm like fuck fuck i only have eight minutes it's totally antithetical to efficiency minutes of jokes that's insane yeah i mean yeah um well but you you're making yourself laugh with your stand-up i've been making myself laugh yeah that's great i want to i can't what could that be is it different is it sort of like are we going to get a new thing or is it going to be sort of classic sarah wilson uh, you know i only know how to do my myself sure. you should try so, doing something weird where you play yeah. a character who's has an accent yeah can you imagine <laughs> yeah yeah well it's funny i've been feeling you know i always do stuff that's a little bit like one man show style sure. and uh Nanette. Nanette, yeah, I do a Nanette they, take on Nanette. They call you the blonde Nanette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and recently, like, there's this style to doing that. Maybe I've talked about this on the show before. Stop me if I have. With No, I actually haven't. With the one-man show where it's like, you're telling, you're stringing together funny anecdotes as you build upon, like, um, it's like a realization-based structure, I feel like, usually. Like, this kind of, like, British kind of one-man show thing where you're, like, trying to get to a point about either something crazy that happened in your life that changed your life or something that you discovered about the meaning of existence or something, and you're kind of, like... And then that's the whole, like, structure, and then you just put all these little jokes, like, inside of it. Sure. Um, and then recently I've been, like, either watching people do that stuff live or, like, watching it on, on TV and just thinking, like, I don't... I don't care about the thing that you realized like it suddenly like none of it seems um impressive or interesting or like worth just hearing about or something and i'm kind of like and i said this to you already about this i'm like what's the galaxy brain version of doing this like one-man show realization structure i don't know 
Yeah, so on the on the spectrum of hacked to whacked, you're getting closer to whacked? I'm getting closer to whacked, yeah. I used to think that this was like the way to elevate on what I think of as just normal, boring stand-up comedy where you just say observations about your life um, or make up stories. It's like, oh, we can do this um, larger storytelling thing that's like more insightful and feels realer to life and you kind of walk away with something that is more meaningful. But now I'm like, don't tell me it's a bunch of meaningful shit. I don't give a fuck what you think you know. Yeah, well, my theory about, you know, like, in our practice is that at first you do something that's interesting, and then you, like, settle into your format, or you settle into your thing, and then over time, it starts to lose luster, and you're like, oh, this isn't interesting anymore, and then it feels cliched, like, what the thing you do feels cliched, and then, if you stick with it enough, you, like, get so good at the form that then you, like, discover something about it that feels new, and then you, like, break through to level three. Oh, yeah, this is the flip, I think. Yeah, you have to learn, you have to be the master of multiple techniques <laughs> i don't i mean not necessarily you could just you could just double down on this one one person show thing but i think you will find the insight the new insight into it i think you got to start finding realizations about a made-up person's life <laughs> like one, that's so fucking you, true you, you transcend your own life and then you're making you're you're discovering things about a, a life that's that you so don't true. live at all that's so true you have no idea the anxiety <laughs> of talking about my actual life and the people that are in it who also come to the shows is like such a killer it's true yeah. and i have <laughs> i have i can cut this out if you want me to but i've gotten texts where you're like this person's coming. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll look at the life world. <laughs> <laughs> Ticket you, sales. And you're cheating because you have, you have all the information before. Yeah. You, got the, you got the answers to the SATs. Yeah, already. I got the spreadsheet <laughs> with like, all the data. Who's coming? Who can I audience. do this joke about? <laughs> well, I can't wait to come on December 2nd and hear a tight 10 minutes about Sam Lindner. <laughs> Sam is such a good uh, friend. I hope yeah. that you feel, I mean, you did do a joke about me once, but you I feel like you can do a joke about me. I do feel that, that way. There. I do feel that way. Okay. Yeah. Unless it was really hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it was really like about the end of our friendship or something. What about me? What about, about me? the end of friendship? Yeah, that would be tough. <laughs> you find out on stage. You're, you're yeah. doing, you're like going around the city doing a set about how your friendship with me has ended. I <laughs> like everyone has heard it but me. I discovered that I'm not yeah. friends with Flute <laughs> That would be brutal. I would not want to hear that. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to hear that other people had been hearing it either. No. I would just rather you told the set to me so that we could f fix our friendship. Yes, I guess so. But you'd rather I tell it to you as a set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It should be a stand-up set that you yeah. tell me in, <laughs> in private. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else on this, this cash subject of what we've learned about doing stand-up. Sarah, you gotta go to Fringe. To Fringe? Oh, yeah. You should do it. Wait. Sam, Simple Town goes to Fringe. Sarah comes. Sarah does her own Fringe show. That'd We're be doing sick. Fringe shows. We're living in uh, Edinburgh. In God. We're living like kings. Edinburgh. 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 That'd be fucking sick. When and you, you guys do it every night. You fucking hone that shit. You bring it back to America. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh and Netflix, Netflix oh special fuck. on the spot. Oh fuck. Netflix yeah. special stat. Yeah. Oh, I'll say this also. I got kind of this new thought. Yeah. Please. Um, I feel. Wait, 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 are, you guys on, are you going to Fringe Festival soon? Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah we're going <laughs> next month. <laughs> and we're going to hone something there. <laughs> it usually happens in the summer, but um, we call them up. <laughs> we're just going to start it early. We got to okay. hone this right okay. away. I just feel like I haven't seen you guys as much. So suddenly, like, I'm going to get a text that's like, I'll, or I'll ask you to hang out and you'll be in Scotland. Or well, some well you're going like to get a text about one trip that I'm excited for. Wait. I don't know what the other one is. 
I don't know. We, whatever. We just want to. I just want to go to LA, and I think it'd be funny. No, you yeah. already went. We already went. <laughs> no, no, you, and you got to come okay. with us, Sarah. And no, you and Felipe no, have to no. have to flip out at each other. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, we have to drive each other <laughs> to that. Send each edge. other into anxiety no. spirals. No. If I go to LA, Felipe's not allowed to bring his big backpack. <laughs> <laughs> I can only bring. That's a trigger for me. I'm only bring a small, normal-sized backpack. Well, you should have seen me. I was just in Chicago this weekend at the, hiking at the art. Institute of Chicago biggest backpack you've ever seen and they don't there's no more bag check because of COVID so they let you bring the backpack into the museum but you have to wear it on the front for some reason so my back was just buckling my back was just buckling under the biggest fucking fattest backpack 10 notebooks like 10 shirts you have to wear it in the front I don't know. I guess because that way you kind of don't you run less the risk of your backpack hitting the art Oh. But I saw some nice stuff. I saw a big Hockney. Ooh, I love Hockney. And a big Gustin, Philip Gustin. What was it? A picture of the Hockney? Just two rich assholes in some California pool. And you were so front-weighted that you <laughs> fell over the railing. <laughs> Down yeah. into the mezzanine. Wait, hold on. Uh, someone was about to say something. Oh, I was about to say yeah, something. Yeah, let's go. Well, I'll, I'll preface it with this. Always the night before we do the podcast, I like get ready for the podcast and I'm like, when we start, I'm going to start it off and I'm just going to go off about what I've been thinking about and I'm just going to lead the whole energy of the show the entire time. And then when I actually get here to do it, I'm kind of like, oh, that's stupid. I'm not gonna talk I didn't know that. you did that. You Every, should go I off. Always, I always am like, and then tomorrow I'm going to talk wow. about how. <laughs> you should go off. Please, wait, give us, give us the tea. What's grinding your gears? It's like stuff that, honestly, by the light of day, I'm like, that's crazy. Like, why did you like, <laughs> podcast and talk about that? Um, last night, I was thinking about a couple things. I was thinking about uh, these. Are, I'm going to do skip, skip. I'm going to tell you the topic, but then I'm going to skip them and then what, get to them. What if we really? Oh, no, there's really one that you really want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Because I do want to click if you really want to talk about okay. it. Okay, one. I've been spending a lot of time alone. Finally. Yes, finally, Sarah's achieved it. Yeah. I'm so happy for and you. And it's, it's been awesome. That's great. Um, and it, I went from like, I spent so much time with other people. I'm always in this stuck in this cycle. And my thoughts, it was like scorched earth, or I call it like getting scraped out. There's just like nothing left inside of you. And people like ask you how you're doing or what's going on. And you're just like, there's no, it's like all the flowers have been ripped out of the ground. And, because you know, of being alone. Just no, because of being with people that I get this feeling. Ah, just like there's nothing, in, there's no interior. It's oh. all been fully excavated. I didn't realize that flowers yeah I'm sorry Sarah <laughs> that's what it feels like there's nothing left inside and I don't even know and like what have you been thinking about how have you been feeling and there's just nothing in there um, and now I've been alone and it's like oh, I've been so angry <laughs> wait that wow. those were the flowers that were the not flowers. that were waiting the to bloom <laughs> rage yeah <laughs> I'm feeling so much rage if I have to hear about one more person being sent to death row with no physical evidence for like the thing oh, that they're right. guilty of like that shit like that has just been not just like you know making me sad or something but like making me so angry and i keep like i don't even want to talk i just want to like like slam you know when people like slam on the table yeah. and like, make all the stuff on it shake like that's the expression of how i've been feeling damn and it's not been depressing or anything i've just been full, filled with rage yeah but like in a righteous way in a righteous way, way i guess your, your heart i don't know i don't know where it goes you did seem yeah. pretty sad the other day when you were texting me about all the weight oh yeah like i wasn't sad though it's like it's not depressing me it's just like really making me like what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck you know yeah like, yeah that's kind of where i've been at yeah so that was one thing i was thinking about last night i was like i'm gonna talk about how angry i've been but now i'm kind of like ah I, I did it yeah that's accomplished something else i was thinking about that i was like maybe i'll talk about this is um 
Do you feel like, I feel like I'm like on my third life, like as a person, like as a child, that was a life. And then I had like my early adulthood, that was like a second life. And now I'm like in a third life where I'm like, I'm like a totally different person. And I can see other people my age or people that I know that I talk to where I'm like, oh, you're on like second life and you need to get to wow. third life. <laughs> yeah. You're on level, you're on level two, like big time. And then it makes me wonder if there's people I talk to who are on fourth life who are like, oh, third life, man. Yeah. That's a good one, but... Do, does everyone have the same checkpoints of when they transfer from one life to the other, or it's just like... I think pretty much, but it probably happens, you know, what obviously are those different checkpoints? times. I don't know, it's just another shift in your perspective on things where, like, suddenly the world just, like, looks different. It makes sense in a different way. And I, I don't... I couldn't say that it's exactly the same for everyone, but does that sound familiar, or you don't think so? That sounds very familiar to me. Yeah. In fact, I think I'm in... I'm transitioning right now. From what? From one life to another. I'm in the walking in the. But are you in third or fourth? He's in the Bordeaux. Yeah. You third or fourth? Wait, the Bordeaux. That's like between um, uh, life and death or something. Or that's called the Bordeaux. It's like a Buddhist term. I'm trying to think of what it what it means. I obviously know this from my spirituality job. Bordeaux. I thought you meant um, the foyer. I thought that you were trying to say the foyer. <laughs> no. And that I thought you, you said meant foie gras. Foie gras. Yeah, I thought that too, actually. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, that, I think it's why I every time I go to sleep, I've been thinking about dying. Mm, it's because I'm like... Because, because you're, I'm you're shedding. You're yeah. like molting. Yeah, he's I'm in the valley molting, of shadows. And then soon, soon it's gonna, I'm going to feel like a little child again in my in my like third stage of life. Yeah. I mean, I do have the story about myself that, you know, anytime I get anxious, I'm like, soon I'm going to molt into like a happy adult who doesn't feel this anymore. But I've been feeling pretty oh, really? happy. Really? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Cause I can't uh, fucking wait for that. Cause every time I ever, <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait for that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> every time, you know, every time I had a hard time in high school, my dad would be like, you know, when you become an adult, this stuff, the stuff, the volume goes down on all the stuff that you're worried about. Ugh. And That's so funny. But now I'd realize that, you know, my dad's also very stressed all the time. And I'm like, the volume yeah. doesn't go down. You just stay your own, your same neurotic self. And that's so funny. That makes me think of, well, yeah, when I was a teenager and it's like, all you want is to be like popular, to date someone who's hot, like all these things. And then being told by older people like, oh, none of that stuff will matter when you're older. And I was like, yeah, that's why I want it now. Because it matters right now. Right, right, right. Later when right. I'm older, who gives a shit? Doesn't matter at right. all. Yeah, yeah you could just as well say, well, old. somebody will be dead, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I'm living in the now. I'm living in the now. This is driving me insane. Yeah, I have to have this. I, I want Mike and Ike's. I want them in the microwave. <laughs> I want them to heat it for 10 minutes. I want to put it in a bowl. Eat it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, someone said, Mo says, I think it's the opposite. As you get older, you get more scared. That's no, don't tell me that, Mo. No. Don't tell me don't, that, don't Mo. Felipe that. Don't tell me You get less scared. <coughs> God, less can you imagine scared. Felipe more scared? <laughs> more scared? Now. I cannot handle it. <laughs> I cannot handle it. But uh, yeah, I think I'm on my third. I'd say I'm on my third life. I think Felipe's on his second life. <laughs> no, bro. Wow. For real? You think I'm on right my second here on life? the podcast. Do you really think first. that? No. Wow. <laughs> you do. No. You do. That's why no. you said it. No. You do. I'm absolutely on my no. third life. He's on his third. I mean, and, I don't know what your checkpoints on are. On your but. third life, Felipe, you get cooler guns and better swords. And higher stats, higher yeah. stats, higher can, level you cap. You can wear all, mm, different kinds of armor now because you're stronger. And you can get a pet. Mm-hmm. There's a tiger pet, pet. A little tiger pet. Yeah. <laughs> I think the hack is to try to get the status of the next life before you leave the life that you're in, so what that you, you get ahead status? of people. You got to have the wisdom of the, the later life in the earlier life, so that you can get yeah. get one up on over other people. 
You know when people say like, oh, that person's wise beyond their years, you yeah. know, like a 20-year-old who like seems to have more knowledge. Do you think they're, they really do have that knowledge or do you think that they're just sort of parroting something and they've gotten good at like imitating wisdom? I think they're just quiet. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, people I, think a lot of things about people who are quiet. You're right about that. I think there's lessons to be learned though in, in like languishing in certain periods of your life for like too long. I've often felt time periods where I'm like, oh, I've like gotten all the lessons I can from this developmental mm-hmm. stage. Like I am ready to move on. And then you just have another three years Damn. of the same shit. Open mic. Professor of that <laughs> yeah. shit. Of the same sh- and everyone around you is exactly the fucking same and your like life circumstances don't change dramatically. And you're just like yeah, you know, you think you're like ready to move on, but then like life hits you with just like, nah, nah, you're gonna like stay here. Yeah, and that's yeah. when you learn the the re- the next the real. the real lessons about that stage. Yeah, you know what you I mean? Thought you didn't think, but yes. you now you know, and then you're actually ready. Once you really learned all the lessons, then you automatically exactly advance. yeah exactly mm. yeah, exactly. So I guess I'm just trying to understand if, by your own definition, the checkpoint is like a literal life milestone, such as leaving college or getting married or whatever, or if it's more like a spiritual thing, like you just move on because you. It's I've extremely become, capitalist. Yeah, it's really it's yeah. like getting a job. <laughs> it's when you get a car. It's when you get a car. Yeah, it's when you're races and yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, of course it's spiritual. spiritual. That's why I think you're on level. You're in the second life. Wait, you, you, you really do think yeah, it? That's a second level about. life question. Because <laughs> that's a second second no, life question. I'm on third life. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, that's gonna stay with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's gonna keep me up at night tonight. Yeah, yeah. We have more Instagram followers than me, so yeah. So in that way, I'm in. I am in third life. <laughs> yeah, uh, you what think I'm it? in Second Life only because you seem so confused. Hmm. Yeah, we're explaining <laughs> this concept to you, and you're we're giving you I don't the, seem the toys to play with, and no. you're bumping around, Why? <laughs> dropping it. I'm asking, que- I'm asking questions. I'm asking questions and to getting draw. bored and walking into glass yeah. windows. I'm, a- like that. I'm asking questions to draw out this concept from you. I'm yeah, not. I'm not confused, dude. You're on the two D plane. You can't see the three D world. I'm not. You're confused. a circle. You this is a podcast. You can't even see it. Imagine a podcast where three people are like, "Yep, I know what you're talking about." <laughs> Silence. <laughs> yes. Do you guys know about this? Yes. <laughs> Even though it's something that I made up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we yes. all know about it. You guys know about this three-prong <laughs> spiritual system I made up last night when I was angry, <laughs> enraged? <laughs> yes. No more questions. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. So that's what you think. You think that we have to have discussions with people by being point and counterpoint, you know, or fighting or something. But really, you could be, you could accept everything I say wholesale from the jump that's and then right. build it with me. Now that's it comes Caroline out. That's what Caroline wants for how Simple Town ideas should be developed. Now it comes out yeah now all the conflicts come out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no the best ideas are built by fighting with the other person <laughs> making personal barbs at them. and i don't know why you're bringing caroline into this because this, i don't know why that is relevant uh josh says asking questions for audience clarification except that everyone in third life already understands that's right, right. All, all people in the chat who are in third life already understand so there's no, no need to clarify um jesus christ no this what we were just saying reminds me of i just was reading this last night all my ideas came from last night um you know yeats he's a poet oh sure i say yeats but okay is it is it yeats yeet is like yeet. Yeet. <laughs> <laughs> william butler yeet yeet uh, <laughs> 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 he says that uh 
arguing with other people from arguing with other people becomes uh, rhetoric and from arguing with yourself comes poetry. What do you think about that? Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I got it right away. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Anyway, so Felipe's on second life. I mean, no, I'm no, I'm in third life. I'm in third life. I'm in third life. I'm actually in fourth life, which is why I ask questions. Because then you realize you know nothing. That's true. Because when you're that's in fourth true. life, you realize you know nothing. And you realize that the whole life structure doesn't exist. And you mm-hmm. forget that you once knew. I yeah. transcended. I'm like the baby geniuses who forget that. how to speak. <laughs> Are you filled with all these wise sayings and koans because of mm-hmm. your job, Sarah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bro, I have to know them. Sarah, I looked at those notes you wrote. I was like, this is nonsense. To Do me. you read that? There's you crazy thinking that things which are relative are absolute is equal to suffering is one of my notes on my phone thinking that things that are relative are absolute like you're like something bad has happened to you and you're like my life is ruined when really it's just like this small incident that is just relative to my own personal life that doesn't even matter even if your life was ruined that would still just be relative to you and that what's absolute is you know the sun the light the, the essence of being the fire of but what if someone dies that's absolute yeah but your sadness about it like your experience of it is relative life and death are yeah hmm the yeah. sun is and that's where our suffering comes from but to me that's just it's obvious it's like yeah things that happen to me make me upset and i suffer yeah didn't ramda say sure we have all this spiritual stuff but there's a reason why we yes there's a reason we exist we like as, petty shit yes <laughs> he said the human drama is beautiful yeah. is that what he said mm-hmm. arguing with yourself comes poetry poetry so when you argue with other people you're like trying to convince them of things and you're trying to like win an argument and so you come up with these sort of rhetorical like when i say this people are right right talk this way it's convincing when you argue with yourself there's room for sort of this infinite nuance you're thinking about like green eggs and ham yeah but what what about when you're on the shower and you're red fish blue fish (laughs) (laughs) um what if you're in the shower and you're arguing with you know with yourself a and friend you're or like, something oh, in your head yeah 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 then uh, is that others or yourself he doesn't didn't know about that <laughs> he didn't have he showers they didn't have showers yeah Felipe, do not don't ever argue with me in the shower i'm arguing okay. in the shower all the time <laughs> you're gonna lose because if, if you are just call me and i'll come i'll fucking come in there and i'll, I'll, I'll whoop I, I argue you. with you in the shower and then i beat myself up <laughs> because of taking your place <laughs> very interesting yeah. Hmm. Okay. Then the next thing. Have you been Have you been getting any feedback from your friends, Sarah, about all the the wise things you've been saying to them? Do they find you insufferable or more tolerable? No. No one th- seems to be realizing how wise I've gotten, <laughs> even though it's obvious to me. Yeah, that my life's been changed. No one's listening to me. Um, but that's. That's okay. Everyone's on their own path. That's what we say in the spirituality business. You're all on your own path. In the spirituality business. (laughs) (laughs) So I accept that, but I am wiser than I used to be and wiser than most people that I know now. Um, Because you're spending more time alone? No, because I work for... I work in the the spiritual spiritual. world. Yeah, it's true. I'm editing together a show about talismans. (laughs) Ooh, you ever watch Jackie, the Jackie Chan cartoon? No, No. Jackie Chan had a cartoon in the 90s. And uh, he would collect talismans, and each one would give him a superpower. Whoa! Wow! I didn't know that. So, what are the talismans? She in the works. Show? She works as a as a uh, an HR administrator in the spiritual world. That's right. <laughs> Look, guys, can we just can I pause and just say that I'm I'm thinking of jokes, 
but they they're coming a little slower than you mm-hmm. guys are talking. So ah. can you guys just like when you when you're talking, can you sort of slow down the pace so I can like get get jokes in? Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. I just need a couple of gaps for me to like insert a thing. Couple you know, like gaps. The, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm being a little <laughs> all over the place. We could save more focus. Felipe, and, did you watch the episode where they turn into cats a lot? I, you know, I can't remember very much what the talismans did. I haven't seen the show in a long time, but I do remember that they, the powers were really cool. Hey, Cameron. Jack, so this is the Jackie Chan podcast? I mean, TV <laughs> This is the Jackie Chan podcast. You were listening to the Jackie Chan podcast? <laughs> Just three crazy mofos who love Jackie Chan. <laughs> That would have been a really <laughs> funny thing to name our podcast. Yeah, Jackie that would have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, wait. Um, I was going to say something. Rush Hour is really good. Sam is having a hard time saying jokes. Look, Sam, if you want to say a joke about something we said a little while ago. Yeah, yeah. What should I do? Feel free. We'll return. Okay. Yeah, just do this. Say pause, rewind. Yeah, okay. Rewind, rewind. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll make that sound and then... You can do the joke. Yeah. yeah. Mo has seen it. Jackie Chan Adventures. And then Mo, then in quotes, bad day, bad day, bad day. Is that what Jackie Chan would say as he was like fighting something? You tell us, dude. I don't remember. Plus, I saw it in Spanish, so he wouldn't have been saying that. He would have said, yeah, dia malo. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. That's very good. Yeah. Dia malo. Yes. Malia. Dia, even though it ends with an A, is. Um, yes. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. But you would probably say Malia. Oh, okay. I don't Malia. know why. Malia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep. Um, okay, so I didn't realize Malala got married. Yes. Malala? Got Malala married. got married. No freaking way. Yeah, and the guy's pretty hot too, apparently. The guy's Damn. a hunk. Yeah. I don't I would say if I was an executive and someone pitched me the Jackie Chan cartoon, I'd say, no, 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 no. What's funny about Jackie Chan is his lo- is his, seeing him in real life doing the things he does. A cartoon version of him is pointless. Yeah, but you know, it's a lot. It's actually sort of ironically less production heavy to draw him acing those stunts than to actually get him to ace the stunts because that would take a lot of takes for a TV show. But I don't care. I don't want to. See, I don't want to see a cartoon doing stunts. You want to see this cartoon? It was really cool. No, I don't. It was really awesome. <laughs> I don't. Mm-hmm. You want? That's see funny. This cartoon. I remember Felipe sent me like a ten-minute scene from Dragon Ball Z that was like an epic fight scene, and I thought the same thing. I was like, "How epic can it? It's just pit drawing." No, this is what I was saying. Cause what was, oh, Sarah was like, I never cared about fighting or something in cartoons. And it's like, it's like dance. That's what's so beautiful about it. It's so graceful. It's, it's not like dance. It's just like dance. I mean, that's why, that's why like there's whole category, you know, like in Taekwondo, you have like f- sparring, but you also have single person events where it's just one person mm. doing the moves to nothing it's like dance mm. and so you know i don't want any of this kind of gender essentialist girls don't like fighting it's like dance it's when not like dance because <clears throat> when you watch real people dancing you go wow that's hard it's incredible to see a real human and you don't think do drawing dragon ball z and animating it when is people, hard when you punch someone and they like fly through a wall i think well, that didn't matter. He just stands up. <laughs> they gets, just draw him standing up. <laughs> well, yeah. of course, you're not, I mean, you're not really seeing a cartoon character, uh, you know, like make any effort because cartoon characters don't exist. But, you know, mm. there's like a grace to the movement. When you and get to the name. third life, you'll understand. That. No! 
it's yeah. not the same. That's why I like Joseph Bennett's stuff because in it the characters are they're not flying through walls and stuff. They're like yeah. acting and it's you guys like are, wow, there's, you guys there's, are abso- stuck, there's you guys observations are stuck in life here. One. You guys there's are stuck in life here one. That I'm, yeah. that I go, this is wow. petty bouge. <laughs> this is petty bouge uh, delusions about <laughs> about propriety no. and what is okay to see. Dance. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's high art. Fighting in Dragon Ball Z. That's low art. You guys have the veil over your eyes and you need to wake up. No, the same false thing, consciousness. The same thing in Marvel movies when they fight and there's like huge. Well, those are bad. And I go. Who cares? Those are bad. It doesn't but, matter. But if you're a real connoisseur, you understand the difference. Those are bad fight scenes. Those are bad? Those are yeah, bad. Yeah, and the fight scenes in Dragon Ball Z are bad, too. No. Fight between Bro, you bad. saw one every frame of painting, and now you've got a hard-on for Jackie Chan. <laughs> you need to get woke. <laughs> and you're tuning into the Jackie Chan podcast. It's 9.04 a.m. from the Jackie Chan yeah. podcast. <laughs> There's traffic on the inbound and the outbound. Yeah. People trying to get in and out of this. Thing. And no one can get it's gridlocked. Totally gridlocked. Did you see that video of the oh sorry, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say but it's the one of situations where the traffic is so bad that people get stuck there for several days. Yes. There's a beautiful have you read the story about Cortazar, the Argentine writer? What story? It's a story about a traffic jam, <laughs> but it lasts many like years and people fall in love Man, and he's got these crazy stories. Yeah. Crazier That's stuff it. than you And that do. happened? Yes. In the story. Wow. Wow. And there's like people set up medical tents and they set up a society and the story ends that these two people fall in love and it recounts their falling in love. And then the traffic jam um, like uh, dislodges and then they sort of it's drive chaos. on the highway and then they can't find each other again. They <gasps> drive out. Oh, cool story, right? Yeah. Guess you didn't need 15 pages to tell it. Cortez. I said I just. Yeah. And I took my breath away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's easy. You just f- go up behind them. Man, I'd be follow. pissed. Yeah, I'd follow because <laughs> dating is hard enough. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, depending on how the cars kind of dislodge, who's to say? I would say, meet me when you get home. Yeah. You know, give me your number or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I'd be honking my horn the whole time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the films of Theo Anthony. We all watched That's All right. Light Everywhere. Did Sam watch it? You better have. I told him he two weeks ago. He didn't. Well, I said, and then, and then, I said, and then, I think and I then, texted you. And then, and then, cat got your tongue, motherfucker? I texted yeah, you, and you were like, it. this isn't good. No. Uh, we're gonna have to edit that out. We're gonna have to edit that out. You have a devilish, a devilish no. look in your eyes. <laughs> I told you to watch it. As if you're it. telling a lie. I told you to watch <laughs> it. All the screenshots. I told Sam to watch it. And Simeon says, "Rat film rocks." I watched that one too. No, well, okay, this was not the deal. I did not watch <laughs> rat film. I only watched all that everywhere. Well, we're not going to talk about a movie I didn't watch. You got to watch more than one. Word. All right, Sarah's well, on one. She's she's like I'll, top of the hill. Life three. Yeah, what, talking about listen, a film neither of us listen, saw. Right, bitch, well, I'm about to cut you down to size. You get to life three, you learn. You got to watch two films to watch one. <laughs> Simple as that. Sarah so, Sarah spends a week alone gritting her teeth about court cases, <laughs> <laughs> and then she. Comes to us thinking she's. <laughs> <laughs> You've watched all the movies that I watched. <laughs> so tell me, tell me, guys, about All Light Everywhere. Set it up for As me. As if you haven't seen it. What is yeah. what it? What is the film? What's it about at a high level? It's about surveillance. It's a, it's a document. It's okay. It's probably it's okay. spam. It's okay. No big deal. It's about surveillance and uh, Theo Anthony. People call him uh, like a hot Adam Curtis. 
mm. I, I think. Except he doesn't talk. You know, Adam Curtis, he's, he's known talk. for the, and then they realized. But yeah. Theo Anthony. He's got other people doing the voice. Yeah, he's got. That sounds like a robot. She sounds like an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. And then that, yeah, like that. Exactly. Um, he ties together a bunch of like. So this is a documentary. Oh, okay. we got to start from the beginning. I'm, I'm. Movie, have, Sam. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm thinking of the viewer who doesn't know anything about this film. All Light Everywhere, documentary, essay film Great. by filmmaker Theo Anthony. Okay, keep going. They call him the hot Adam Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he puts together a bunch of sort of associatively related footage that like, don't literally explain the connections between all the different things. That's where you have to sort of think about yeah, it. You gotta yeah, you got to be thinking. Okay. But they do, it starts with footage. I really don't like the beginning. It's like footage of like looking inside of the an eye. And it has this like line about... Um, that the optic nerve, you know, which is how the vision from the eye conveys the visual information to the brain, uh, doesn't have any ability to see. Like the optic nerve doesn't have um, a visual sense itself. And so it's like where the seeing of the world meets the world, we're blind, is like this line at the beginning. And um, then they posit that the world is invented to fill the hole that's in the center of our eye or something. And it's just like all this extremely heavy handed shit that I'm like, I don't think that's why the eye sees. And I don't think that's even literally true or figuratively. I have heard that, that we have a blind spot in the center of our vision that our mind fills in it. You don't think that's true? I have heard that before. I think that the, the fact that the optic nerve doesn't receive visual data or whatever isn't true. I think that's yeah. I mean, your optic true. nerve. If if you ask me cold to tell you what that did, I would say probably receives visual data. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I just also don't think it makes sense to say that like the eye invents a world to fill a hole. It's like the whole rest of your body also can't see. The eye invents the world or like sees the world to see it. Well, I think it has the, to do with the existence of the optic nerve. I think the bigger point the documentary is trying to make <laughs> is that is that there is no such thing as objective vision. We are all bringing mm-hmm. our own our own biases, our own projections onto a world which which our measuring instruments cannot see. And so when we look at body cam foot, footage, because the movie's about police body cams, when we look at body cam footage or when we look at surveillance footage, we believe we're seeing an objective vision of reality, right? You know, with body cam footage, the, the fiction is like, we're going to get a, a, a sort of... Uh, impartial view of what happened mm-hmm. what the documentary says is no the very the way that these cameras are built set up conceived of mm-hmm. um projects not only a biased uh point of view right the, but also a, a, the the point of view of power so the police body cam for instance the police body cam films out it doesn't show you what the police person what the policeman is doing it only the shows whole, you out. The, in that case, the hole is in the policeman. Mm-hmm. Correct. The, the hole. The police. policeman is the hole. And <laughs> and they go on a tour of this place called Axon, which makes tasers and like fifty percent or more of like all police body cameras in the United States. And uh, that's a great scene. It's a great scene. It's kind of threaded throughout the movie. And then there's a part in it where. Um, you find out that they were like, it's possible for them to make the police cameras have like infrared and be able to see like super far away and like really record all the information that's there. But they don't do that because they're like, it's supposed to mimic the human eye. So it can only see what the police officer can see. So if the police officer can't see that that person was actually holding a water gun and they thought it was a real gun, the camera shouldn't be able to see that. And um, whoever, I assume it's like the Anthony, whoever's behind the camera is like, so you'd rather like the cameras not be able to see stuff. Like there's certain things you don't want to see, even though we're collecting evidence for trials and that that that's what they do. And that like really blew my mind. Yeah. And conversely, for instance, they make the point 
that the police body cam is a wide angle lens, which, you know, we don't see wide angle, um, but that the wide angle lens makes movements, you know, seem more brusque, like a movement. If I stretch out my hand to you and there's a wide angle lens, think uh -huh. of a fisheye lens in a skateboarding video, Sam. Okay. The yeah. movement of my hand language. seems like really sudden and big. Yes. Because the wide-angle lens exaggerates those movements, and so I mean, I think that that's the movie sort of trying to parse out the inner, the internal contradictions of the technology, right? They're like it's impartial, but you know, if if there's a person in front of the police officer who's doing something, and you show that to the court, it's going to look like that person made a really big move. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those scenes with that guy, with the CEO or whatever of the pod body like the cam person, yeah. Those scenes are really funny, and I think they're the kind of the center life. of the movie because the guy almost, either on purpose or not on purpose, sort of delivers all of the thematic meat of the movie. Like, everything he says yes. feels like it was written by a grad student in, yes. like, a short story. Yes. So, so give me an example. Um, <clears throat> so he's introducing you. You're on the tour of the axon and he's talking about the importance of transparency and people communicating with each other and everybody knowing what's going on and he points out like where the c-suite executives all sit and they're in like open air cubicles and like all the customer service people and then like literally he walks like 20 feet and goes up a staircase and then he's like and that's where our research development happens and you look up and you see this completely blacked out mirrored zone where like you cannot see physically into it and he was like yeah we put them in a black box a lot of people say black box like we actually have one um and so you can't see any of the research and development that goes on it's all like totally secret and so yeah, the he's irony like, that's research it, and development you can't see in there that because we don't want people to see what's going on there yeah, yet but they can see us but you can't see in there yeah. after he's just talked about the importance of transparency so it, the funny thing to me is to realize like and this is an obvious fact but like the people who create so much like evil and chaos in the world i think are for the most part just like stupid regular people like random People, yes. your relatives, banality uncles. of evil. Yeah, it's the banality of evil. You just realize it's like a bunch of people who just like got hired to work at this place and are now like, okay, how can we make this like efficient and profitable? How do we keep our R and D secret? How do we like get police to buy our cameras? Like all this stuff that creates so much darkness in the world, and it's just like this dumb guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he also has this other line, which I think is is kind of. Some, like, yes, those people are whatever, you know, dumb and, and focused on the kind of uh, task of the moment and of just sort of like greasing the wheels. But also they do have some awareness of what they're doing. Like at one point he's like pointing at the at the floor of this, essentially like a factory because all the, all the body cams get built on site. Um, and he's like, and he's like, you see all this, this, he's like, this is the gears of the American economy. He's like, we got these workers here. They're making stuff. They're like, we're moving capital around. Like we, this is how the American economy sort of churns forward. Like, so he's, so, you know, he's like a perfect character because he's making the connections for you in a kind of innocent way. But also, you know, if you're, uh, if you're woke, <laughs> if you're woke, you're seeing the ones and zeros. Can't unhear it. Yeah, yeah. and he goes, years. and there's a little, there's a little hole between my eye yeah. and the my brain, right. and, <laughs> and I don't know what's in there yet. But and then I there's, think I have to say this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then there's there's some great stuff too about like like 19th century cameras and how. Like, what were you gonna say? I, I was just gonna say about the poetic thing that like I really didn't make my point about that, but I just don't like it when. I feel like you have to earn the right sort of through the filmmaking to be like over the top with the like poetics and the meaning making. And so to start right out of the gate with like that kind of stuff, I see I what you mean. See that yeah. and I'm like, come on, enough. 
you want to finesse the audience. It's like, I'm not going to get smart on you. I'm just going to show you cool stuff. And yes, then you trick exactly. them into smart yes. stuff. Exactly. I can't start it out with a poem, but what were you going to say? Um, yeah. I mean, I think the movie's like quite smart, but also, yeah, sometimes it may be like, it hits you a little hard with, with how smart it is. Or yeah, like, the exactly. kind of, like it has all this stuff about 19th century cameras and like how early cameras were, um, like one particularly sort of funny example it gives is how, um, early cameras I think were actually made as like um tools for like observing um like planet movement and stuff like that yeah um, and I, I could be wrong at least this is sort of how the film traces the genealogy of cameras but it has this the, the this one inventor who creates what he calls a uh what is it like a seeing rifle and it's a <laughs> camera that has the shape of a rifle and I think he has yeah. to like hit a trigger and so you know <laughs> so the connection between violence and cameras yeah yeah it's funny then there's also this crazy part at the end we can stop summarizing this movie but I know yeah if you listen it. you don't have to watch it yeah <laughs> there's this part where they're talking about um this surveillance plane that used to fly over Baltimore I think probably I can't remember but I bet following the like Freddie Gray uh protests and it was a surveillance plane that would see all of Baltimore and photograph everything constantly. And it was like extremely low res in a way that like on the one hand, you would think it would kind of protect people that way. But on the other hand, you're like, oh, I'm sure the police can like use this somehow to like fuck people's lives up when it's like not even a really an accurate camera. And um, it got grounded because the public didn't know about it. The mayor didn't even know about it. It was something that the police just decided to do. Um, so they canceled the program. But then the guy who invented the plane, who was like, this is his company and he makes money off of this had decided to go around to um, like community meetings in Baltimore and convince the public that they actually liked this thing so that he could like keep making money off of it and keep doing it. And just the scene of him going into like a community meeting and trying to explain to people why they needed this was like funny and crazy. It was a good, it was a good scene. It was a great scene. Yeah, the way that scene. the people were just like so real, both like people who are like, this is insane and we could never allow this. And the people who were like, well, let's hear him out. Let's hear him out. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's people who are like, who are like, if this is one more tool to like fight violence or whatever, like right. they yeah. kind of, they kind of get convinced or whatever. Yeah. So it's pretty impressive. Um, movie and how does it end does it end with a, a, a twist or a revelation it has a happy kind? ending <laughs> oh good <laughs> oh good yeah it has a happy ending they don't get divorced in uh, the end no in the end the city of baltimore approves the use of the surveillance program. i did not remember that yeah fuck yeah. damn it which is wow. really mind-blowing is that where the the t title all light everywhere comes from because the plane can see everything all at once i don't think they ever justify the title no but you know you can right. kind of imagine yeah. Do they talk about the iPhone and the different filters you can get on Instagram? The mm -hmm. one, For a long time. Like the Quasimodo mm -hmm. one that Edie uses. For a mm -hmm. long ass time. Interesting. Okay. Oh, you know what they do at the ending is um, there was this whole other thread that they wanted to have in the documentary that was like Theo Anthony following this class at like a Baltimore public school that was like a filmmaking class. And he apparently spent, I guess, the whole semester with them. He was like part of the class, like helping teach them. But they were like making their own TV shows because there's a theme in it that's like only white people are using this like recording technology to record black people. And like the white people are never seen, obviously, like in the surveillance plane and stuff and um, the cops. And he decided not to include any of that footage in the final movie. Like he was like the story, there's too much to that story. And I just like, couldn't put it in. So he puts a little epilogue. That's like him with the class. And I was just thinking like, if I was 17 and I was in that class, I'd be like, come on, man. <laughs> come on. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, the stories is too much weight in the story. Put us in the movie. I'd be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I would be pissed too. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah. I'm sure it was what he had to do. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He get, he has this. He has this sort of like uh, kind of poetic flourish where he's like the the like the like story couldn't fit the boundaries of this film. Yeah, that's you know, right. Like this His beautiful flourish. Is like a big part. Yeah, yeah. but then yeah. but then it's like oh, I probably just like didn't feel you know. It was just like oh, this is getting too long. He Gotta turns yeah. in the <laughs> final moment. He turns the camera back on himself and he goes, and this documentary was filmed on a camera. Whoa! <laughs> and then Didn't he goes, and then he takes that. the camera and he puts it closer and far away. Yeah. He, does, he does a manual wow. zoom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow! <laughs> he like throws the camera from a building so you see it fall. It's no, called so all it's, light everywhere, yeah. Mo. It's all light, comma everywhere. I'm so I feel kind of bad that we sort of gave away all the good moments. No, that's that's why people listen to the podcast. So, so yeah. now they don't have to. And now they can tell their friends about it as if they watched yes. it. People just loved it. Mm -hmm. Yes. But. There's a little hole in between the eye and the brain. Yeah. <laughs> if you are the listening. policeman's in there. If you are listening, there are other good moments that There's you can see. There's other good see. moments. We didn't even talk about the brain scans with people with the little on their head. That I don't remember. Uh, well, because we he's got a hole. Yeah. I do got a hole in my brain. Um, and then I'm not going to do the same thing by describing rat movie, but that's a, a movie that Theo Anthony made before that, which is about also about Baltimore rats that live in Baltimore, Norwegian rats, Norwegian, Norwegian rats. why are they Norwegian? That's the f most successful rat in the world. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I actually success rat. This. Yes, yes, yes. The success, success rat. rat. The rats are, rats here are not indigenous not to here. Really? The rats that we see in New York but are neither Norwegian? neither are we. Ah, you're right about that. Oh, and that's the point it's trying to make? No. Yeah, hold on. Because, uh, okay, if you tell me camera surveillance racism, I'm like, okay, I'm there. Rats? What's he going to, what kind of, what, what kind of cockamamie points you about to make with this? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll say two things about it. One, there's an awesome shot where there's a rat stuck in the bottom of a trash can. And they say the fact that rats can only jump um, 32 inches and that trash cans in Baltimore are 34 inches high. So you just see this rat like really close up, just jumping, trying to get out of the trash can, trying to get out of the trash can. Uh -oh. And then I hate to ruin it, but it happens right at the beginning. It, it, it gets out. No. It jumps all the way out, even though that's impossible. They're getting better. It's impossible. They're getting better. They should make um, it 40 inches. Yeah. Then the other funny thing about that movie is I watched it right after I watched All Light Everywhere, and it has all the same kind of aesthetic um, approaches, like the 19th century diagrams yes. and like being like these are these all these things are caused by things from the past, <laughs> and like jumping back in time, and yeah, different science experiments, but then also just sort of like slice of life character associative storytelling. But that's his thing, I guess. But it's cool. If you figure out a cool thing to do with the movies, you just do, should do it you over and over. just do it over and over again. Keep getting those little diagrams in there. Yeah. I follow this mom on Instagram who... You her, love the mommy Instagram. on Instagram. Her husband was going to medical school and she was paying for it with her Instagram dollars. And um, I was so happy for them because I was like, good, this is their way out. Every influencer needs an exit strategy. They can't do this forever. Not yeah. necessarily. Um, especially once like... You have to keep changing to the new platform because it becomes more and more difficult to make money in a place once the longer it's existed. This is what I've come to understand. And uh, I was just so Why, happy. Why, because they get saturated with other users? Uh, I think that the app, they get saturated. It's harder to have growth. The algorithms change to like benefit the profitability of the app over like the individual makers on sure. it. You know what I mean? Because like, first an app exists, it wants to get people on there. And it like wants to incentivize people making things because that's what makes the app happen. But then once the app is so ubiquitous and popular, they just want to monetize themselves as best they can. Like Instagram would rather have its own advertisements on there now than have influencers working with advertisers making their own money off of it. Um, makes sense. Makes sense. 
And so anyway, she, she had this husband. He was going to go to medical school. And then he just dropped out no. last week. Why? Because he's like, I'm set for life with this beautiful algorithm. He just wasn't happy uh-huh. like doing it. And he was like, I'm just going to go full time on Instagram too. And so I just no. feel stressed for so them. So he's another influencer now? So now he's Did you be- message them and tell them about the exit strategy? <laughs> <laughs> no. They were getting so much feedback. You know, I'm sure somebody did, but definitely I was disappointed. I hope what was the feedback them. like? Um, just people that were concerned about them. Mostly supporters. But so, but some people were on your tip, like, hey. I don't know. I don't. I can't read this woman's DMs, but I have to assume. Oh, I thought maybe like on Reddit the comments pages and stuff where you can see. So you were on the Reddit pages? I look a little bit. I look a little. And bit. what's the consensus? You don't know. I don't know. Damn, I'm so curious. Well, that's why I haven't. I've never personally tried to do a show at Life World because I know, even though Sarah's asked me many times, you know, I know that yep. like, I know. Life world starting, so she's trying to incentivize me to to come to it and do stuff. But I know as soon as it gets big, she's gonna cut me loose, mm-hmm. cut me out into the ocean, and she's gonna work directly with my friends to uh, sell them right. things. That's right. To yeah. sell them, she's things. gonna just sell them merch without the, yeah. the theater. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't really like putting on the shows. <laughs> <laughs> I just like having the strangers come in. She's going to start selling soda directly. Yeah. That's funny. That's so funny that you like mommy influencers. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, I just like to keep tabs on the different subcultures. And because they're, they're my age and they have all these kids. And like, I think that they show what other people who are my age who don't live in urban uh, leftist cultural centers, what those people value and care about in life. And I think it, I like to keep track of. It's like... Uh, so I don't know. Sometimes I look at like the lives of like my cousins or something, and I'm like, "What are you guys going for? Like, what the fuck are you doing? You like live in the suburbs and you've like gotten married and you have boring jobs and like, what is this all about?" And I see them on Instagram kind of doing their thing, and I don't really get it. And then I watch these moms, and I'm like, "Oh, they're like being like this. This is like this, this is like my cousin's life, but done the best. But done the best. And so, and this is the person who's making them even feel bad about their life. Like, I'll look wow. at some like way more successful comedian filmmaker, right? And like, fuck. But they're like, my at, family's like, not as beautiful and chuggy, and yeah. we don't have all the same <laughs> stupid. Wow. What do they value? Like, what would it be a thing? Uh, feel having. Bad? Having, um, what's the workout gear? Like Lululemon exercise clothing. Yes. And, uh, the new Starbucks holiday cups coming out. Like, also, I'm sure having like really happy little babies. Having happy little babies. Really angelic. Do having the time to be the perfect mom who, like, when your kids come home from school, you've made them like, I have this mom this week who's like, every day after school, she's making her kids snacks that are like artistic. Like, she made, um, what looks like a McDonald's Happy Meal, but she made it totally out of fruit. Wow. Um, oh my God. That's wow. just yeah. so much that's effort. So cool. Like you have an arts that, and crafts project every day. Yeah. So much effort. Children. And the Jesus. kids come home and they, yeah, they can't believe it. And yeah, you're always coming up with like extremely clever little elf on the shelf pranks with your kids. And like, yeah, just do you think your kids get exhausted? They're parties. like, I just want some fucking apples Enough, with mom. peanut butter. Yeah. And there's this for your Instagram yeah, viewers. There's a lot of TikTok stuff I get, which is just like a family in the big house, like shenanigans with each other. They're always just doing shenanigans, like totally. doing pranks on each other and stuff. Totally. Do you think yeah. these kids are going to be like, I don't want to say traumatized because that word is so, but you know that they're going to grow up and be resentful of this kind of totally mediated life that they were forced to live it's a good question yeah i watched different parents deal with it different ways like one of the moms um she says that she really explains to her kids like what is branded content and anytime she needs them for like a photo campaign she'll be like all right do you want to be in the mott's applesauce campaign and she will give that them is, money from it that if is they do it 
close to a meaningless choice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to make money for an applesauce company. You know applesauce? Yeah. <laughs> They're owned by a company. Yeah. Psychotic. A corporation. Um, you know that. But she pays the kids if they want to be in the advertisements. Uh, then I know another mom who won't say any of the names of her kids, which is pretty wild because she has... Six kids, seventh one's about to be born in the next two weeks. Bro, she doesn't know the names. <laughs> she can't remember the names. <laughs> That's what she's not saying, though? <laughs> That's funny. But she refers to them as, like, my second kid, my third kid, my fourth kid, um, or my oldest, my second oldest. And uh, you can't keep track of who the kids are because you don't know their names. That's funny. And I know this about in Argentina and sort of, like, in the country, like, when people have these big families, it is customary. And, in fact, I knew someone whose name was this, but to name your kids, after, like, literally first, second like primero, Whoa. segundo, tercero. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. So I, I knew a kid named Segundo and he was the second. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. That's, that's so annoying because now I can't kill them. <laughs> if, I, if I didn't yeah, know their names. Yeah, know their names. Yeah, I don't know their yeah, names. Yeah, Cameron's it's saying, like, does she blur their faces? No, not even. It's like you can see the kid. You know their mom. You know their last name. And you can you can run right them on some algorithm that connects face to social security number. Totally. It's extremely random. Yeah. And also, most of the moms I follow are Mormons. Some are other kinds of Christians. Wait, really? I did Christians. not know this. Yeah, Mormon. They're Mormons. And I think that it has to do with the fact that they don't drink at all. Like, they have all this energy to just be extremely <laughs> wholesome. They're like, they live so purely. That's so funny. Yeah. Do the dads come up in these videos and what kind of archetypes are they? The dads are giant monsters. (laughs) Really? They're like muscular? They're all muscular and fucking scary. And like, if the family ever has a breakdown, these men are like dangerous, dangerous to society. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Are the dads like happy, idyllic, like perfect husbands? Or are they sort of like in the sidelines, just big bears who just don't? Um, must be the moms that I follow, they're idyllic, perfect husbands. Uh, except that there's one I follow where the husband is like trying to become a country music star, and there's something like a little craven about it. It's like you feel like you're like, he, this guy has no shot except for the fact that his wife has two million Instagram right. followers. He's writing her coattails. And now he's trying to write her coattails when she needs help with all the kids that she has to have to support the existence of the Instagram. It's like, enough with the country music. They need You need to go bicycle ride <laughs> with these kids. <laughs> enough. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Your full-time job is to have a, I mean, I was about to say have a nice life with your family, but it's really just the appearance of a nice life with your family. But they go on like crazy vacations all the time because that's necessary to be like part of the... And you're pumping out arts and crafts like every day. I know. No, totally. I mean, that shit about the Happy Meal, I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. I can't, could not imagine doing that. <laughs> I would be, it'd be funny that they just, you pan up and there's like a drunk, muscular husband, like stumbling <laughs> around and breaking <laughs> and red face. And then you like go back down to the, to the little happy meal out of fruit. Sarah, I remember you showed me one mommy influencer who was like posting pictures of her kids crying and stuff. And she was like, this is the stuff we don't see. We live a totally polished life. Like you see, this is what you, you know, you usually yeah. see on Instagram, the happy moments, but we don't see it's the hard moments. And yeah. so, I'm showing you this, and so it's all these photos and videos of her kids crying yeah, and fighting and hitting I think each is other. Fucked. Yeah, you shouldn't show that. I follow one mom. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. Can I say one thing? Because yeah. what's interesting about that, right? It's like it's the mask of no mask, right? Like it's mm, it's it's the um, the gateless gate. Yeah. yeah, the gateless gate, right? It's like it's like the the, the food the f- meatless happy meal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the crow without a mouth. Exactly. Yeah, the crow without a mouth. But it's like it's like this is me at all at my most messy, right? And it's like, but that's a mask too. You're putting on the mask of 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 no effort. Yes. You're putting on, and that's also a mask. Totally, totally. You can't escape the mask. Totally, you can't. It's all a performance. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I follow one mom who has, um, she's not, she's Christian too, but she's alternative and all the kids are allowed to dye their hair whatever color they want. And they're all like, um, homeschooled, but I think in that way where like, what's it called? It's called like unschooling where you just, um, allow the world to <laughs> yeah, be You let them forget. Yeah. yeah. They're part of the de-schooling they're part of the What does that do? Movement. So what do you, how do you do? You exist in, you in the world and the world is your teacher. And <laughs> so, how, so you just kind of like do shit all day with them for fun. Yes. Whoa. And if they feel like learning to read something like, cause they have to read the ingredients on something, then you got to teach them how to read that or yeah. Huh? That. What do you think about that? I think it's fucking cool. Yeah, I, think cool. I wish I had cool. been de-schooled. Yeah. Damn. I yeah. don't know, but I'm more of a structured kind of person. <laughs> no, it's you need not something to push up against. It's not about structure, no structure. That's level two. What's it? What is it? <laughs> Fuck. What's it about? <laughs> you, you. It's about like following your own interests and yeah. letting that lead you. I think you need something to push up against. You, but the world already gives you things to push oh, up against. Yeah. The world's already pushing you down. Yeah, there's, there's shit you. Can Not if with. you can read the ingredients whenever you want. <laughs> Simeon <laughs> taught animation to a de-schooled kid. How was that? How was it? <laughs> get, get ready, because Simeon is not a de-school kind of guy. Yeah, that's. Funny. But it's not about structure or no structure. Like you, you actually, there's big parts now about the de-schooling. Oh, movement. rad. Okay, fair enough. It was rad. I take it back. <laughs> that you, you can create. There are there do have to be wi- like channels for learning like like you can create channels for learning but you're just not something in like a class <laughs> yeah well it's not about recreating school at home it's not sure. about creating the classroom inside of home but like you can like take online courses or you can like go out and learn something from somebody else you can have like different teachers or or guides in your life you know what I mean mm-hmm. just the way p- someone the child the way a child would learn to skateboard you don't go to school to learn how to skateboard right sure you kind of go out and you kind of learn it and you you create a little friend group where other people are trying to learn it you know it's structured yeah that, that kind makes of sense. thing that makes sense i take it back i like de-schooling now i'm gonna de-school myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you better yeah. dude wait so you were about to say something about this de-schooling thing <laughs> um they're just a crazy family, and I think that they're really fun. They let the kids run around all day and do whatever they want, it seems like. In a good way? In a good way. And so they're, I was just thinking about this because you're saying about the maskless mask. Like, a lot of these moms have, um, if you look at their full Instagram page, like, they do those color adjustment masks that make their whole life, like, saturated in this, like, beautiful way. Or, like, make it, everything is all just, like, brown and pink or whatever their chosen palette sure. is. Um, but then this one mom just does, it like, crazy style, and it's kind of, like... This is real life. And it feels a little realer because it's less like posed, mm. but it, it also is a performance with something. She lets the kids take her phone and they fuck around on there. Damn, man. Yeah. Yeah, a baby f- holding a phone running around with it. Very funny. <laughs> one one Very thing fun. about the de-schooling movement is that you have to have a sick house. Yes. Ooh, it's got to be really fun. school Huge and like have tons of rooms in it. And it, you have to have a huge backyard where your kids can run around. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right about that. <laughs> You can't live in a sh- <laughs> shitty little New York apartment. That's right. Um, well, we're coming into the last two minutes. We are. Oh, fuck, I was going to say something. Fuck. What if fuck. maybe the moms should uh, take pictures and then up the sharpness on them like I do on my Instagram photos Whoa, so that they look all fucked that. up, fry yeah. them, deep fry all the pictures, make them into memes? Yeah. Maybe they should. I wonder, I wonder if there's like a cool, I don't know, an actual cool mom Instagram influencer. What would a cool, I mean, it's just. It'd be like someone with one of our friends, only they have kids. I think I'm not like, I think being a mom is cool and you can be a cool mom, but like capital C, like Instagram cool and mom, I think are sort of like mm. separate categories. The way, the way that like the Instagram world conceives of coolness. Mm. Am I wrong about this? 
No, you might be right. Trying to create a polemic here. Oh, fuck. (laughs) You're wrong. (laughs) No. You're wrong about that. Uh, Anyone can be cool in their own way on Instagram. (laughs) Highway Stranger says drop the handle, Sarah. What? Drop the handle for... um, for these cool mom or these moms or whatever. Oh, drop the handle. I thought you meant on the microphone. I was like, drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I follow Madison Mealy. She's my favorite. M E Madison. And then Mealy is M E A L Y. And she's the one whose husband just dropped out of medical school. I think they're going to be fine, but it did make me sad. Mealy mouth. Um, mm-hmm. and then I follow, um, S Dupri- Sherry Bemis. She's the one who's got all the kids and they act crazy all the time. Uh, I follow Amber Fillerup and Madison Bontempo. Those are like the two most famous. I like Madison. I like that last name Bontempo. Yeah, is that means, a real name? It means good time. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real name though. So yeah, follow them on Instagram. No, almost nobody I know follows any of these people. So, well, that was a great note to end on. We're at nine forty. You've been listening to the Jackie Chan podcast. <laughs> I like that. All right. Good night. Raisin Man Arena.